Welcome to the Weekend Sober. Join Kim and Ketsia each week as they discuss life without alcohol after both being heavily immersed in a drinking culture for years. They explore different topics ranging from friendship to motherhood and by sharing personal stories from their past, they talk about what it is like to thrive rather than just survive the weekend sober. Hi guys, it's just Kim this week and I have a really special guest. I have Julia Joffick here with me today. Uh, Julia is known for her platform, Lemon Stripes, on Instagram, and that is how I know her. Um, and as we were talking here before, I was I was like, oh my God, like she's actually talking to me. I'm not actually watching her stories on Instagram. I, I have been following you for a long time, Julia. So thank you for being here. And this is really exciting for me because somebody, one of my friends actually, because I have a big group of friends from college that text every day and they said, oh my gosh, you have to get lemon stripes on your, on your podcast because she stopped drinking. So you are infamous in my group of friends. We all love to follow you. So thank you for being well, here. Thank you to you and all of your friends. I really appreciate that. <laughs> it's so fun to have you on here. I was so excited when I saw that you stopped drinking because um, I, we don't know each other, obviously, but I know that you live in Westport. Um, I know a bit more about you, obviously, but did you feel an obligation to sort of put yourself out there and start to talk about it right away? Um in terms of your sobriety, in terms of like, I, actually, we need to start from the beginning. We need to start from, tell us your story, tell us all about who you are, give us a little background because not everybody knows who you are, Julia. Okay, okay. sure, yeah, I would love to. So um, I'm Julia Joffick. I write a blog called Lemon Stripes. I've been doing that for uh, about 13 years now. I have an Instagram account that's also Lemon Stripes and I post a lot about wellness, lifestyle, motherhood, fashion, decor, things that just make me happy. And I was lucky enough to be able to make it into my full-time job about six years ago, um, right before I had my first child. So it's been kind of like a fun, interesting journey. And, you know, I get to share a lot of interesting things that happened to me along the way, including this latest chapter, which has been, you know, sober curiosity and giving up alcohol, which has really been a fun adventure yeah awesome um yeah i'm not sure when i started following you but i definitely think it was before um amalia was born so how old is she now so my daughter amalia is five and a half she'll be six in july and my son luca is about to turn two in april awesome that's so exciting so you are still kind of in the thick of it. Like they're still little. And that's exciting though, that you were able to turn this, your blog and all of this into a full-time job. Like that's really cool. Um, and that was right before she was born. Um, so yeah, I think that I kind of always, I, I remember you posting, um, you know, like just not for tons of things about alcohol by any means. I know, you know, I, I, I followed so many, um, you know, if you will, influencers, um, and people that, you know, talked about decor and I, I remember you posting recipes and things like that. Um, but, and I, I do remember you like, you know, showing yourself drinking a glass of wine, but it was never like you were like one of those people that were like, Oh, I need my wine, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking of like the, 
the the mothers who would like um pour an entire bottle of wine into a yeti and you know those making light of their drinking or anything like that um but i remember feeling like oh you know she she loves her rosé and um (laughs) right didn't you (laughs) yes i'm laughing because i did love my rosé and i'm glad it never came off like that because i did and I think even though I've stopped, still do have a really uh, kind of complicated relationship with alcohol. And while I may not have showed it publicly, I I talk, well, I talk a lot about my anxiety. I've had a lot of, I've struggled with anxiety for my whole life. When I had my daughter, it uh, became magnified in a big way. I had really bad postpartum anxiety and depression. And when that happened, I started drinking a lot more as like a crutch or to mask my feelings. And that's when my relationship with alcohol became really complicated. It was more of like a fun thing before. Um, Then when COVID hit, you know, in in the middle of the pandemic, when we're stuck home with a little kid and I'm pregnant. Oh, actually not when I'm pregnant, but before I was pregnant, um, we were trying to get pregnant in early COVID and I couldn't. And, um, you know, we had no idea what was going to go on in the world that we started, I started drinking way, way, way too much. And it came, it, just kind of came to a head in late 2022. Like it took me almost two years to realize it. But once I did, it was just like there was a switch that went off. And I said to myself, I cannot do this anymore. Something's got to give or I'm going to lose my mind and I'm not going to be healthy anymore. So what was that moment like or that day like when it was it? A, was it a moment? Was it a day? Was it? A slow build? Um, did anything happen? Um, a lot of people don't describe it as a, a rock bottom, but just sort of um, kind of a, a moment that just kind of happened, something, a realization. Was it like that for you or did you just kind of have this slow build to that realization? I think, yeah, obviously there was not a rock bottom. Well, not obviously, but there was not a rock bottom for me in the sense that like you know, I didn't hurt anyone. I didn't hurt myself. Like nothing really necessarily terrible happened. It was kind of a slow build where I was trying different things. Like I tried to stop drinking during the week or I tried to stop drinking for a few weeks. And every time I came back to it and every time I would get really anxious or stressed, I'd come back to it and just lean on alcohol, really. So the one kind of moment for me, which doesn't seem like a big deal to anyone else, I don't think, was we were at a friend's wedding and I was overserved, drank a little bit too much and ran into a wall. And, you know, it was funny to other people, but the next morning I was just so horrified at myself thinking I'm almost 40 years old. I have two kids at home. I cannot be running into walls. Like this is not okay. And that was the day I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And I stopped drinking and have had maybe like four or five drinks since in this process as I was testing it out, but I'm really committed to being sober at this point now a few months later, five months later. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. So you, so you describe sort of what I used to kind of do was moderate my drinking. I was playing with moderation for so long when I was trying to convince myself that I didn't have a problem with drinking or that I wasn't, um, you know, reliant on it, on alcohol. You know, I would say, okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drink. Monday through Thursday. And then, okay, we have an event on Friday, so I'm going to have to drink at that, obviously. Um, right. It's, it was sort of like those, those games that you would play with yourself. And it was never, 
not drinking in my mind was never an option. It was always like, oh, I, I'm going to have to like drink at these things. Like I can never go to that sober or sober wasn't even like a word in my vocabulary. It was like, I could never go to that and not have a glass of wine in my hand because same for me. Like I had social anxiety and I had this anxiety that existed because of my drinking, but also existed, um, because I didn't know how to function without alcohol. It was this weird cycle of, you know, getting on that hamster wheel of the alcohol fueled it. And I also didn't know any better. Um, Every single thing you're saying, I feel like could come out of my own mouth. I did all of that. And I actually wrote a blog post recently called drinking games, not the fun kind, because that's what it was. It's a game. Yep. And I, I do the same thing. Well, I'm not going to drink Monday through Thursday, but then I have an event next Friday. And then, oh, I'm going to dinner with girlfriends on a Wednesday night, but they're all going to be drinking. So I guess I'll just drink that night and not drink on Saturday. And it was like, trying to figure out how to rationalize it in my head. And it was exhausting. And I didn't even realize that those games I was playing with myself were exhausting until I stopped playing them. Oh my God, totally. I I actually wrote a piece too in early sobriety, just like this, and that describes this whole thing. But it also was like when you were at dinner with your husband and my husband used to sit me down and say, okay, you need to drink less or slow down or he like something like I would run into a wall or I would fall down the stairs in front of my kids or I'd do something stupid. And I would, he'd sit me down and be like, all right, I'm worried about you. Let's slow down. So then he and I would go out for a nice meal and we wouldn't hang out with our crazy group of friends for a little while and just kind of like slow down. But it was like these mental aerobics that I would be doing at dinner, like these games that I would be playing with myself where I'd be like, okay, I, I have about three sips left in my glass of wine. And we're only on the appetizer. So I wonder if I could get like, I get through my appetizer with this drink and then, all right, maybe get one more glass of wine with the rest of the meal. And it was like pacing myself and planning and I would be staring at the waiter and watching what other people and other tables were drinking and ordering and how much my husband was drinking. And I, it, I wasn't even enjoying date night. It was wild how unhappy I was. Exhausting. Exhausting. It was exhausting and it was miserable. Besides the fact that it was exhausting, it was just so, so depressing that that way of living, you know, that allowing something to control your mind in such a way that it dictated my happiness and controlled my every movement. It was just so overwhelming. Um, so I, I completely. Yeah, I, I relate to that in a lot of ways. I think. You know, I wasn't ever like, I feel like I was able to let go of that a little bit, but yeah. also at the same time, my issue with date night was more that, you know, it, it's fun to have a glass of wine and maybe a cocktail and then like be a little flirtier and then, you know, maybe be more intimate or whatever. And I was kind of worried that giving up alcohol would take away from my marriage somehow in that way, which is now looking back so silly because I feel like now we're closer in a different way and we're able to talk about a lot more things and I don't wake up with hangovers and I'm not cranky and like yelling at him and yelling at the kids. And it's brought us closer, which I never expected to happen. And he's still drinking, by the way, people always ask me that he's not, a, my husband is not a huge drinker. So it's like never an issue for us, but you know, if we go out with friends or we go out on date night, he'll still have a drink. And I 
will often take a sip if I want to try just like I love wine. So if I want to try the wine, I'll have a sip and that's enough for me. I don't find myself wanting more than that anymore. You know, I don't want to have a glass or bottle or whatever of wine. Yeah, that's incredible. That's great. Um, that was the same with my husband. He was, you know, he would have one drink and wouldn't finish it. And it was, and he's still like that sometimes. And now he started to order non-alcoholic beer because he likes the flavor of it. And he just, he doesn't need the alcohol. And I, I was going to ask you something else when you were talking earlier. Um, I feel like a lot of people have, um, this in common with you. It's like this, this piece, this anxiety piece, um, which I think is, you know, a lot of people don't even realize that they are suffering from anxiety when they're drinking. And they think, oh, kind of similar to what I said, like, I'm going to have a drink to ease my, you know, discomfort when I go out in social situations. Um, and then they realize that it's the alcohol that is causing it, you know, once they stop drinking. And so what do you... What, it's so, I have so many friends that obviously still drink. So what do you say to like these people and, you know, that don't believe or don't see that and think, oh, alcohol is a social lubricant. Like I could never stop. It's, it's like, makes me feel so comfortable because I truly believe that like through college, you know, like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I truly believe that too. And that's why I understand when other people feel that way too, because like you, I felt that way for so long myself. I think my sober sobriety journey has been a lot about just myself and, you know, not trying to talk to other friends and stuff about it. However, because I am a somewhat public figure in the, in the sense that I have an Instagram that people look at, yeah. everybody happens to know about it. So this I'm talking about it publicly mainly to share my story. But what's been cool is to see so many women in the Lemon Stripes community following suit and doing the same. So every single person I've talked to, which has been hundreds and hundreds of women, mostly moms, they've had a very positive experience with this. Their anxiety has gone down, et cetera. I also have a few friends I'm on a text chain with who are all sober now. And it's been really fun to connect with them. We, we exchange mocktail recipes, talk about what to order at restaurants. We talk about our husbands. You know, we talk about being in big groups of friends and support each other. And that's been really nice, but kind of with everyone else, I don't, I don't try to push it. And I don't really try to talk about it. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to see like a friend of mine with anxiety who keeps drinking and I know it's making it worse in the long run, but I do think everyone has to get there on their own time. Yeah. That's, that's a really good perspective, Julia. I think that's, I think it's awesome. Um, how has it been in terms of friendships and socializing and yeah, groups of friends, um, people, you said that you have tons of people that are motivated by you and kind of following suit. Um, how has it been across the board in terms of like your actual friends? Well, my real life friends. Yes. Um, so, well, you know, I, I have like a couple different groups of friends that I hang out with in person a lot, like in town. And one group in particular is, um, you know, we hang out like at least once a week. We're all neighbors. Our kids are all friends. We all get together. We do dinners at our house. And it's like a rowdier group of friends. And that was what I was most worried about was how is it going to go with that group? And it has been like completely fine. I've had not a single issue. 
the first time I didn't drink, they were all kind of like, oh, okay, what do you want? Now I go over to their houses. They have mocktails in a can ready for me. Nobody cares. You know, I still laugh and have a great time and I'm open with them. And I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything by not drinking with them. And they don't pressure me ever. And that was like my biggest concern. And I think that's what a lot of women who I talk to are worried about is either their relationship or their friendships. Like, how are they going to change? And I'm here to tell you that if those relationships or friendships change for the worst after you stop drinking, then maybe they're not the greatest relationships to begin with. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely the truth. I could not agree with you more. If people don't stand by you and they are not supportive, then that speaks more to that relationship, that friendship. There was something wrong to begin with. Um, yeah. And it's just not a healthy friendship and it, you're probably better off not having that person in your life or, or, or for the time being, maybe just kind of taking a step back from that friendship. And um, I think focusing on the people that are there for you and the friends that are providing the mocktails for you when you come over and are the people that are checking in and, and, you know, celebrating you and proud of you and happy for you. I think those are the people that, you know, you want to be around. And I think that's incredible. The I think what is so cool in that story is that the people you were most worried about are the ones that are doing that for you. So that's really cool. That's yeah. Awesome. They're the people I see the most. So I think they're like the most, um, they, they see me the most in social situations, not drinking. I also feel like in general, like if there's a group of friends or like a work group or a dinner you're going to where you're nervous about, if you're newly sober and you're nervous about it, you don't necessarily have to talk about it. It's really nobody's business. There are on pretty much every menu now, non-alcoholic versions. So, you know, you can order a mocktail without anyone even really knowing a lot of the time. And if you don't, you can like think about your go-to mocktail order beforehand, order it, and nobody's going to notice. Like people are so into their own heads, nobody's going to notice. It's so true. People are so consumed with their own lives, their own stuff, mm -hmm. that nobody gives a crap what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly my point. And I think that that's like one of the biggest hangups for people is what, is, what are other people going to think? And it's so crazy that we live in this society where – like drinking is the norm and being sober is not. I understand it. And I understand that it's been pushed in every way, shape or form down our throats our whole lives. But I do see a shift. Yeah. I know a lot more people in person and online who are sober or so sober curious. I feel like you're seeing these stores pop up all over New York and even all around the country that are like non-alcoholic liquor stores like Boisson or Seshi and um, the mocktail movement is like a real thing now. It is a real thing. It's incredible. I know. I feel like just maybe I just assumed because I was not drinking, I was like more attuned to it, but I know people are saying that, that it's just the movement. There is a shift and there's something happening. So I, I I'm glad that you're saying that. Cause sometimes I think it's just like, I'm more aware. Um, but have no, I think, I mean, I've noticed this with friends who are still drinking and they're like, I've noticed that every menu has a mocktail list on it. So I think that's so cool. That's awesome. Do you order like non-alcoholic 
wine or do you drink rather? Like when you go to like, do you go to a liquor store and buy non-alcoholic wine or is that not a thing for you? You know, I was drinking wine. It, I like, I like a really good wine and I'm like, I, I like, I appreciate the taste of a really good wine. The non-alcoholic wines I've tried aren't necessarily really good tasting. So <laughs> if I'm going to have like that ritual of a special treat or a cocktail after work and before I making dinner for the kids or whatever. I want to, I want to enjoy it. That's the whole point of it, right? Like if it's not going to get me drunk, which is the way I used to enjoy it. Right. Now I want it to taste really good. So I will often make myself a mocktail with, um, I do a lot of like CBD drinks, like Aplos is my current favorite. And I'll mix that with seltzer and lemon. And um, it kind of calms me down without any of the side effects of alcohol, no hangover. You don't feel high or drunk or anything like that. And that's my current favorite thing to do. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. And I know I used to drink because I wanted to get that first initial buzz that lasted like the 15, 20 minutes. And that was what I was honestly searching for all night long with my third, fourth, fifth drink, you know, like chasing the buzz. And <laughs> I never actually drank because I really enjoyed the wine. I mean, occasionally, yes, when we had like a nice bottle of red, I actually really did like a good quality bottle of red wine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th that's why I don't drink non-alcoholic booze now because I just don't, I don't like the flavor, you know? Yeah, it doesn't taste good. <laughs> there are a few that taste good. Like there's, um, there's a pretend, not pretend, there's a non-alcoholic tequila called Ritual that's really good. Um, and that, I don't know. I like that one. And I like a lot, again, the canned mocktails. Like there's a um, Liars, L-Y-R-E-S, makes a Amalfi spritz that kind of tastes like an Aperol spritz. That's okay. really good and has that like bitterness that you only get from a cocktail. And I don't know, something about it makes me feel like, oh, this is fancy and I'm taking care of myself by drinking it without getting drunk. I mean, there's definitely there. When I'm on vacation, I like a good you know, drink like that. I don't know. It's that celebratory woo, I'm on vacation feeling, but you know, on a Friday night, I'm like, I'm fine with my like seltzer. Like, I don't know. Everybody's so different. Everybody has their thing, you know, whatever. It's fine. I, um, yeah, that's so it's, it's, it's like, yeah, I, I think that, um, I did try the non-alcoholic, what's it called? Um, athletic brewing company. And I'm just like, it just doesn't do for me. I don't know. Can't, I can't get into the beer. Um, I was going to ask you though, if you, were reading any books. Um, I, I know that a lot of people tend to, you know, I know you have a blog and everything, um, but people, you know, love Laura McCowan's book, it, you know, Quit Like a Woman really um, was a book that spoke to a lot of people when I stopped drinking two years ago. So if, or, ugh, if there are any books that you felt, um, you know, spoke to you or I don't, maybe you don't have time to read, but I, I just, I always like to ask or see what people are reading for Quitlet these days. There are a ton of books that have been recommended to me and I actually have a list of them written down. <laughs> I have not read any of them. Yeah. Um, the only book that I read that kind of even mentioned it, this is going to sound so pathetic, but it was actually a great book was Jessica Simpson's memoir, which I read a few years ago. Yeah. And she quits drinking and she talks about her relationship with alcohol and she's actually, you know, a lot smarter than people think and it has a really interesting story. But no, I haven't read any of the other books, but Quit Like a Woman is still up there. There's one called Sober Curious. I have, I have this whole list in my blog that people have recommended, but 
Yeah. I probably should read one at some point, but I'm kind of just like going with the flow for now. And yeah, no, I mean, if it gets better, I think I'll probably, you know, do more research and read more. But for right now, it's just, it's working. You know, what's so funny. I read Jessica Simpson's book before I stopped drinking, but I, I mean, I started it. Let me say that I started it and I couldn't read it because I had to put it down because it was too, I, it like made me mad. I was like, yeah, I, I don't have a problem. I'm not like her. And so it was almost like too much of like holding a mirror up to my life kind of thing. Um, yeah, it hit too close to home. I get it. Yeah, exactly. And also with another, uh, Laura McCowan's book, we are the luckiest also was like too triggering for me. So, and then a couple months later, sure enough, I ended up stopping drinking and reading those books again, um, and finishing them. So yeah, it's interesting how those things happen and how certain things come into our lives and it all, everything is happens for a reason. Right. Um, but yeah. And you know, I, um, I listened to a podcast, uh, the Huberman report. Have you listened to that one on alcohol yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that one is like a little bit fear inducing. So maybe don't listen to it until you're by someone else who's listening to this podcast, but <laughs> it is fascinating and like spoke to me on so many levels, just the way he talks about how when alcohol enters your system, it's like an initial dopamine hit, but then the crash is so much worse. And, it was, it's all, it's true for me and it's true for everyone who's drinking for anxiety. Like it makes you feel good. Like you said, for those initial 15 and 20 minutes, and then you feel so much worse afterwards. And since I quit drinking in October, I've had like a couple of slip ups. I wrote about one a few weeks ago where I was just so stressed. I had a panic attack and had to stop in my tracks and I had a drink. And yes, for 20 minutes, I was able to mask the feeling. And I was like, so relieved. But then after that, Oh my gosh, Kim, let me tell you, <laughs> the panic attack came back and it came back with a vengeance so much worse. Oh. So I'm almost glad it happened because now it reminded me why I stopped in the first place. Yeah. So I'm kind of taking it as a learning experience as opposed to like beating myself up about it. Yes, that's great. Um, Annie Grace, who wrote This Naked Mind, um, she calls them data points. Uh, like when you... Mm -hmm experience, things like that. Um, it's just teaching you more and you're learning more about yourself and in your relationship with alcohol. And, and I think that's exactly what you did. And, and I think that is so fascinating that it came back with a vengeance and now you're able to really, really speak to that. Not as, you know, because you had that time of sobriety and then you, it's like, you were like, I need it. I need it just to help with the panic. Yeah. And I think, you know, like Chrissy Teigen, she's sober and she talks about a lot how she was drinking for her anxiety and then her anxiety went away when she stopped drinking. And for me, my anxiety hasn't gone away, but it is a lot better. I'd say it's like 70% better. And to explain that to someone without anxiety, it's hard because you don't know it unless you have it. But yeah, just imagine <laughs> feeling, I mean, I can't even explain it, but the fact that this like terrible feeling in my body and my mind and my soul and my, all my emotions is like um, over half gone from just doing this one thing is a really big deal. I know. I, I, I my husband has never had a day of anxiety in his life. And so to try, I've tried to explain it to him and he just doesn't get it. Um, so yeah, no, I understand. I understand. And I know that a lot of people get what you're saying. Um, 
I'm sorry you had to experience that, but I'm so happy that you are feeling, you know, 70% better. Um, and that's, that's amazing. It's wow. You know, and it, <laughs> that when I have friends that are trying to explain to me, um, you know, why it's okay to still drink and they have it under control. And <laughs> this is when I want to get on my soapbox and say, but listen, th- this is what it's doing to you. Just try, you know, so I, I know. And it's like you said, everyone has to come to it on their own and it's in time, right? Everyone will figure it out. Um, and you can't, you can't get, you can't force someone to get there. Right. So, or they won't figure it out and that's okay too. And yeah. you know, you just got to worry about yourself and your health and your family and your happiness. And that's all we can do. Yeah, absolutely. Focus on your bullseye, everything that's close to you and focus on yourself. You're right. hundred percent. Um, yeah, I think you have so much to offer from your perspective and I appreciate, um, how you're approaching your sober curious journey. And I love that you have such an influence on so many. Um, and I appreciate you being on here and, and sharing your perspective today, Julia. So thank you so much, um, for joining us and, you can find Julia's blog. It's lemonstripes.com. And is that correct? Lemonstripes.com? It is. Yep. Yeah. And uh, lemonstripes is your Instagram. Is there anything else that you want to share? No, that's it. I'm just so grateful to be on here and to connect with people like you who are in the same position. I'm inspired by you and by everyone that you've touched. I think what you're doing is so cool. Um, and I'm happy to be a small part of it. Thanks. Yeah. I, um, I'm just, I'm lucky to be able to talk to people like you. It's so fun. I'm just, you know, I always said, um, if we could just like help one person and talk to one person, um, inspire one person, that's then we're, you know, we're doing our job. And I think it's, I think it's so cool that you've already touched so many people, um, through your community and whatnot. Um, Anyways, thank you so much for joining and uh, we hope you have a great weekend sober. Take care.